Welcome to the Claire Quick Podcast. My name is Claire. I am a life coach, nutritionist, wellness expert, and self-care advocate. I am here to help you regain control, find clarity, set goals, and create a life of balance, positivity, empowerment, and happiness. Think of this podcast as a place to come back to when you want practical tips, inspiration, and motivation to take action. Armed with a few F-bombs and my French accent, I'll do my best to make sure you feel inspired, motivated, and rejuvenated. Are you ready to transform your life? Let's embark on this journey together. Hello, hello and welcome to podcast episode number two. So first of all, thank you so much to all of you who listened to the first episode last week. I'm blown away by the number of messages I got and all the support I got from you all. So thank you so much for that. So today for this second episode, I'm going to give you some very practical tips to nurture your well-being. So today I'm going to give you five essential self-care practices for busy women. So if you're a busy woman, which I'm sure you are, these self-care practices are really going to be a lifesaver for you. If you're a busy woman, it's very easy to put self-care on the back burner and to be your last thing on your to-do list. And it's normal, it's natural, you want to be there for everybody else, you are going to be there for everybody else, but you also need to be there for yourself and you also need to show up for yourself. But it can be difficult to find the time to practice self-care. So first of all, I want you to think about self-care, not like a bubble bath or watching your favorite show on TV with a glass of wine or some chocolate. That is not really self-care, that is self-thosing. It's part of self-care, but it's more like the thing you're gonna do when you had a very difficult day, a very busy day, and you just need a quick, instant release of everything. You know, you just need this like, oh, I need to chill. So that is what I call self-thosing, but it's not really self-care as such. I want you to think of self-care as a thing you're going to do to really take care of yourself. So if you have um, kids, if you have friends, if you have family, imagine they are going through a tough period of life and you want to be there for them. You want to care for them. Well, you're not going to put them in a bubble bath and be like, it's going to be okay or give them a glass of wine. You are going to be there to take care of them and on on a really basic level of taking care of yourself, of your body, of your mind, of your soul. And this is what I think about when I think about self-care. It's what I call radical self-care. And it's really the thing you're going to do to take care of yourself as a human being. So today I'm going to give you five essential self-care practices that you, you will feel so much benefit from implementing them into your life. So let's dive into it. The first one is going to be meal prepping and meal planning. If you're busy, making healthy food might not be your first priority. You're going to try to do everything you need to do and then you're going to eat whatever you can eat or find. And if it's healthy, it's better. And if it's not very healthy, you just don't have time for it. Or you might have time, but you might not have the energy for it because cooking a healthy meal from scratch takes effort. It takes more effort than just putting something in the microwave and press it on two minutes. So meal prepping is really something that is going to help you save time, save energy, and also save money. When you start meal planning and meal prepping, you can really make some good money savings. The meal prepping doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be long. 
but it's really something you're gonna want to start doing. You don't want to think about what we're gonna eat, how I'm gonna make dinner, when I'm gonna be able to make lunch every day. For me, personally, the mental load of making food every day for the two of us at home is just, I'm not here for it. I have other stuff to do than worrying about food and what we're gonna eat. So I took the habit of meal prepping and I've been meal prepping for probably over 10 years. I do it on Sunday. Sometimes I do it more than others. Sometimes my meal prep is really for the whole week. Sometimes it's only for three or four days. But meal prepping is really something that I have implemented. It's part of my weekly routine and it saved me so much time. Not only the time of cooking, but the time of thinking about what you're gonna cook the time of doing the washing up and tidying up the kitchen, all of this that you have to do when you have to cook. Meal prepping really take all this overwhelm and busyness away. And then you spend less time in the kitchen and more time doing stuff you enjoy. If you're not sure how to start meal prepping, just start by cooking bigger portion. So never cook just for one meal. If you're gonna cook something, if you're gonna go into the hassle of taking time, cooking, the energy of cooking, the energy of doing the washing up, tidying up and everything, just make it worthwhile. So instead of cooking a meal at dinner, make double the portion so it can also be lunch or dinner the day after. Make something that maybe you can freeze so then on this day you're really super busy. You have already ready meal, but there are healthy homemade ready meal. Meal prepping is really something that I recommend everybody does. And if you're not doing it, you're really wasting your time precious time that you could be spending doing other stuff. There's plenty of recipes on the internet for meal prepping in your Oasis of Wellness Facebook group. I'm gonna start sharing meal plan and recipe book just with meal prep recipes. So recipes you can prep on the Sunday and have during the week. So if you want to grab those, join us in the group. Otherwise, you have plenty of resources online so you can easily get started with meal prepping. The other self-care practice you should be implementing if you're a busy woman is some phone-free time. Some time every day where you just don't have your phone. If you're busy, you're quite likely on your phone a lot, either replying to messages, sending messages, being added to WhatsApp group, having your phone pinning with different group chats, and it can be really overwhelming. And once you get on your phone, you get sucked in it very, very quickly. You're gonna take your phone to check Instagram for five minutes and half an hour after you're still scrolling and watching some reels. Very easy to get sucked in. Your phone is a massive time waster to be fair and it's not always productive. It's very important to take time away from your phone and just kind of taking ownership back of your time and control on your time. Also, if you are on your phone a lot, you're gonna have a lot of information coming to you and that can lead to overstimulation. So it's important to have some time when you're just not connected to the world. You remember these days, maybe 15 years ago, when we didn't have the phones we have today and we were a lot less connected. We were a lot less stressed and I'm sure we were a lot less busy as well. The best time to be away from your phone will be in the morning and the evening. Do not take your phone as the first thing you do in the morning. It's a very easy way to just get stuck in all the internet and all of that. You really need in the morning to own your time and be conscious and mindful of what you do. And just being on your phone is not gonna help. And then in the evening, have maybe an hour or two when you don't have your phone before going to bed. 
your phone is going to have blue light that is going to affect the quality of your sleep and your ability of falling asleep. So saving some time when you're not on your phone in the evening is very valuable as well. And I'm sure you had it before when you have your phone in the evening and something might be triggering you and then you're just obsessively thinking about it until you fall asleep and it just takes longer to fall asleep. Make this time early morning and late in the evening your sacred time where you just don't have your phone and you're just with yourself and people in your house, in your household, people you live with and be present for them and for you. I used to be always on my phone. So the couple of things that I have implemented that really helped me to take this phone free time is first, I don't have my phone in the bedroom ever. So my phone charge in the living room or in my office, but I don't get my phone upstairs at all. So I'm never tempted to be scrolling and taking my phone first thing in the morning. And I never check my phone last, last thing at night because I'm going to be reading and then falling asleep. I bought an alarm clock, which I use to wake up. But my phone is just never, ever in my bedroom. So that is a really good tip to just make sure you kind of break this routine of being on your phone early morning and late evening. The other couple of things that really helped me was to get some app to just help me not be on your phone. So I use my phone a lot to support my well-being, ironically. And I have downloaded apps that are just going to block social media or even block my phone entirely for a certain amount of time. So if you are on Android, you can find these apps. I'm sure they have the equivalent on the App Store. So the two I use are AppBlock. So AppBlock is just going to be blocking apps whenever I wanted to block my apps. So you really have a control of what apps you want to block and when you want to block access to. So I personally block Facebook and Instagram because they're the two social media apps I have from I think it's 8 or 9 p.m. until half 7 in the morning. So you don't usually going to see me online at this time because my, my phone just won't allow me to go on social media at this time. So from half 8 to half 7. And it allows me in the evening to really be present with my husband and people I'm with and not just be online. And also during work hours. So when I'm working for my nine to five job, I really want to be present for that. I don't want to have my phone distracting me or just be tempted to go online. So I also block social media during my work hours. So it is open from half seven to nine. It's open during my lunch break and it's open after work until half eight. But the rest of the time, my social media apps are blocked and I can't access them. The other app I have is called Digital Detox. And this one is a little bit more hardcore. So this one is just going to block access to your phone entirely for the number, for, for the length of time you choose. And that can be anything from five minutes to three days. So the way it's going to work, you're going to activate it and then your phone is going to block. So you can't use your phone at all. You have three emergency use of maybe 30 seconds. I guess if something happened and you need to check something or you need to call someone, although 30 seconds is really not long. Then if you want to stop your digital detox earlier than you planned it for, you're going to have to pay a pound. So obviously a pound is quite a symbolic amount of money to pay. When I use this app, digital detox, I very often use the emergency uses, but I never paid a pound to unblock my phone because I'm like, okay, I can wait a couple of hours to use my phone. This one I will use when I notice that I'm falling into bad habits and I'm on my phone a lot more than I wish, even if it's on social media, my phone as, as such. So I will give myself a digital detox, sometimes for four hours, sometimes for a day. I never went over 24 hours, I think, without my phone, but I have done 24-hour detox on my phone and honestly, I love it. It's really good. 
So, you know, find a way that are going to work for you. I also, for a while, was uh, doing this with a friend. So we were messaging each other in the evening saying, okay, time to turn that phone off. And then we both stopped using our phone for the rest of the evening. That was a, a way of keeping both of us accountable. And you kind of feel like you're not doing it on your own. You, you and your friend doing it. So it's a bit nicer as well. And then if she doesn't message you, you won't message her either. So it kind of like takes the interest of being on your phone away as well a little bit. So taking some phone free time is a really good one as well. It's just to, to protect your space and your time and making sure that you don't get stuck in and, and waste time by just being on your phone. The third self-care practice that you are going to want to implement if you're busy is going to be taking time with yourself in silence. So this one is a big one for regulating your nervous system. It's a really big one to just be bringing a bit more mindfulness and consciousness to where you are, what you do and how you feel. So if you're busy, you're very, very quite likely overstimulated. Maybe because you're working a lot, because you have to be in 20 places at the same time, because everybody is calling you, messaging you, sending you emails. It's just like a, your attention is really pulled in all directions. And you just stimulate it left, right, and center. When you are in this state of overstimulation, you might feel like you're always on because it's just constant and it never stops. And that makes you feel maybe more stressed, you have more anxiety, more overwhelmed, and it's just difficult to just feel grounded. So taking time to yourself in silence every day is really gonna help to just shut down this overstimulation. It's going to give you a sensory rest. It's going to give you a brain rest. And it's really going to help you feel more centered and energized and find this little bit of inner peace that you might be missing. So taking time with yourself in silence doesn't have to be complicated either. It can just be doing a mindfulness exercise, doing some meditation, some breath work. It can just be having a mindful coffee. So that will just be sitting down, having a coffee or a tea, but just thinking about what you're doing, thinking about how the coffee tastes and kind of putting yourself in the shoes of someone who never had a coffee before. So how would you feel if that was your first ever coffee? So having a mindful coffee, having a mindful meal. So maybe once a week, have lunch, have dinner, have breakfast by being really present and really here and really here with your senses, your taste and see what you're feeling. Or it might just be going for a walk without having a podcast, without having any music, just by being there and just looking around and going around and having a walk. Or maybe just driving without the music, without the podcast, without all the overstimulation around you and just being in the moment. It doesn't have to be half an hour, obviously. It can really just be two or three minutes, but it's just taking this time to just be with yourself, listening to yourself and really be there and shutting down the world. The fourth self-care practice I want to tell you about today is kind of related to this one and it's going to be also to, to help you ground yourself and feel a bit less, oh my God, I have so much to do. I'm being pulled in all directions. I just, I just can't. So it's going to be connecting with your body and that is going to look different for everybody. So it's going to usually involve some kind of movement or exercise. And it's just like feeling yourself in your body and feeling your body. So that could be by going for a walk. It could be doing yoga, doing some weightlifting, going for a run, doing some sports. It can be anything that really is going to bring you back to your body. 
for me personally, that is going to be going to CrossFit. When I go to CrossFit and I'm lifting and I'm getting out of breath and I'm having a good workout, I just feel like I'm really there. I'm really feeling my body. I'm really in my body. And I find this very, very grounding. For others, it might be doing yoga and just feeling yourself stretching. But anything that is going to bring you back to yourself, basically, and connect yourself back with with yourself. So, so far, we had four essential uh, self-care practices. Meal prepping saves you so much time and money and effort. Having some fun free time to shut down the overstimulation, shut down the world and be more present. Having some time with yourself in silence and maybe listening to your own thoughts and just being there. Connecting yourself back with your body to ground yourself, which is going to be a really good help if you stress and have anxiety. It's really going to just bring it home, basically. And the last self-care practice for today is going to be setting boundaries. And I do apologize for how I pronounce this word. I've been in the UK for 12 years, I think, and there are still words I can't pronounce. And boundaries is one of them. So it probably sounds a bit weird when I say it, but you understand what I mean. So this one is going to be a big one and probably one you might not have thought of before when you think about self-care. The thing is, you're only busy with what you say yes to. Going to repeat this again. You're only busy with what you say yes to. You're busy because you say yes to plenty of things. If you stop saying yes to everything, you will be a lot less busy. I was talking with a client a while back and she was saying that her kids are at school and she is in several WhatsApp groups and everybody is always talking about doing some activity at the school and she always gets up being the one who is leading all these activities. And what I told her is, well, yeah, because everybody say no. Everybody are setting their own boundaries and everybody is like, no, I'm protecting my time and my energy and I won't be leading this. But you don't know how to say no. So you always say yes. And you are being the one who end up doing all the work because everybody else are protecting themselves. So if you start saying no, maybe the activity won't go ahead and maybe that's fine. Or maybe if you stop saying yes, another mom is going to start saying yes instead. So you are really only busy with what you say yes to. The more you're going to say yes to projects at work, to activities with your friends, to uh, step up with stuff at the school for your kids, whatever it is, the more busy you're going to be. And it's, it's fine to be busy if you like it, if you're happy. But if it's become overwhelming and you start having too much and you start being stressed out and you're just being a little bit lost in all the daily life that is running away from you and the time is running away and you just can't catch your breath, then this is time to really rethink the boundaries you have, if any, and start setting them. So it really is your responsibility to say no and to tell people, I can't do that. You don't even have to justify yourself. You can just be, no, I can't do this or no, I don't want to do this. And that's fine. You don't owe a justification and an explanation to everybody. Don't be rude. You know, don't be rude to people. But it's fine to just say no and to protect your own time. Everybody else is doing it. So why can't you? And I know that as a woman, we struggle a bit with this more than men. And some women struggle with it a bit more as well. But it's really important. And this is really maybe the main practice you should have when we think about self-care. Because taking your care of yourself is really protecting yourself in some ways. And 
if you're going to spread yourself thin everywhere and say yes to everybody, you're never going to be able to be here for yourself. And that is not taking care of yourself. You know, if you have a friend who has so much to do all the time, you're going to tell her to just stop saying yes and set boundaries. Where is the same for you? And boundaries can be saying no to someone, but can also set boundaries on how you want to be treated. You know, the respect you are on and how you want people to interact with you. So if you have people that are damaging your mental health or getting you stressed out or anything, you can just say, you, I'm not here for that. I can't, I can't be treated like this. I can't be talked to like that. And that is a boundary I'm setting. This is what I'm willing to accept. And this is what I'm not willing to accept. And quite honestly, setting boundaries is going to be your responsibility and something you're going to have to do. And it's going to feel weird at the beginning. You're going to feel very uncomfortable doing it, but it's totally worth it and it'll be okay. I have boundaries that I honor and I keep and no one ever came back to me being like, oh my God, you're such a bitch for just saying no to that or for just protecting your own time. People understand. And if people don't understand, tough shit, not my problem. I take care of myself, they take care of themselves. If the way I take care of of myself is triggering them, that's on them, not on me. I'm here for me and I show up for me and people around me, obviously. But you don't have to be a slave to everybody and you don't have to be a a doormat to everybody either. Look at what boundaries you might not have and you might want to implement and start working on those. So to recap for today, five essential self-care practices for busy women. We have meal prepping. Honestly, if you're not doing it, give it a go. You'll thank me later, I promise. Having some fun free time, especially early morning and late at night. Taking time with yourself in silence. And that might be something you might want to do early morning as well. If you don't have your phone anymore, it might be an easy way to implement it then. Connecting to your body, feeling yourself and just coming back home to yourself and setting boundaries. I hope you enjoy this second episode today and that you have some practical tips you can start implementing to nurture your well-being and bring a bit more self-care to your busy lifestyle. If you want to connect, you can join me on Instagram or Facebook at Claire Quick Coaching. If you want to nurture your well-being a little bit further, you can join your Oasis of Wellness Facebook group. So we have weekly accountability threads, monthly mindful activities to help you discover different mindfulness practices and find the one that resonates the most with you. We have monthly Q&A where you can ask me any question you want. We also have bi-monthly live chat, so a bit like a podcast like this, but we can interact and it's a lot shorter. It's like 10-15 minutes. I'm going to start sharing a lot more recipe and meal prepping and meal planning tips. And it's basically a very nice growing community of like-minded women. So join us if you want. It's your Oasis of Wellness Facebook group. It's free and it would be really lovely to welcome you there. I'll see you next week for the third episode. Have a good rest of your day.